Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ask the Amigos. This is the show where we answer Discord's burning questions, Aaron. Mm. It's been a while, and it's time to start. It's been with, a while. That's right. right. With Pajaco6502, he says, it is the ultimate Time Lord Rumble. All the okay. doctors are meeting up in one time and place to fight it out to the death. No regenerations allowed. Oh, man. Which doctor will be victorious? Well, see, here's the problem with that question. The more, the current doctors, like the last couple, they're like, like uh, some of them can actually like fight with swords and stuff, you know? So I would probably say, if I had to think about it, like, because none of the doctors, most of the doctors are sort of like dandies, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're yeah. sort of like you, Boat. There's like, yeah. they're like, they're northern dandies. Foppish. You know, foppish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, foppish. Um, I would probably take, I mean, you can eliminate a lot of them because they're just too old. Uh, like the first guy, the second well, guy. Well, the first doctor was like 85, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, even, I mean, Tom Baker was is he, big. He would be a he would be and he's also crazy. So but is uh, Tom Pete, Baker are you talking about like if all the doctors were in their prime like when the shows aired or like as they are now? No, when they aired. Yeah. Okay. Cuz now they're I mean <laughs> wouldn't be fair at all. I'd pick the chick. Uh but uh <laughs> I would probably say um because Peter the 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 the, the fifth doctor was really young. But Tom Baker wasn't that old and he was also big. He's deceptively big. Mm. Uh, so if they were going to have a fight, but the problem is those guys never, ever really fight that much, if, if I'm honest. So it's tough. So I would probably go with, uh, uh, the what was the guy, the doctor that was in part of the revival. Let me get his name. I want to make sure I don't get it wrong. Do you have a thought on this? I mean, you don't really... Uh, I don't know anything about Doctor have Who. Have you ever watched a single episode of Doctor Who? Not a complete one. Right. So... Well, <laughs> What do you say? You didn't like it that much? Yeah, That's it was like saying? Avatar 2. I gave it 45 minutes, and then I was so, out. So I'll, here's my rundown. I'm looking these guys over, okay? Um, John Pertwee is a big guy, and he actually did a lot of action in his. And he he would be he was, he'd be right near the top. Tom Baker would be near the top as well. But I'd probably go with uh, Christopher Eccleston. He was the guy that was around in 2005 when they brought it back. Because he was sort of an action doctor, and he also looks like a guy you'd find uh, uh, straight in the, in the streets of Sussex, like out after a, a pub pummeling a guy. So I'm gonna go with Eccleston. But be my, but I mean, it's a tough call. Mm, okay. I mean, and to be fair, I know you don't care about this, by the way. David Tennant did a lot of sword fighting and crap, so I just mm-hmm. because he, he was super active, so I'd put him in the top couple as well. Seems weird to have like a sci-fi doctor be involved with a lot of sword fighting. Well, the doctor's got real. St- well, you know how I think about it. <laughs> I gave up. I'm out. I'm out, brother. I've been out for years, man. Jocko also asks if you could have a pet or a sidekick. Robots are allowed from a video game. Which one would you have? Ooh, pet or so. Do you want go ahead and go first, boats? Since I've been talking. Well, when I think about like a robot sidekick. I mean, this is sort of a cheap answer, but sort of not, because he does appear in video games. I've always loved C-3PO. I've always loved his way of, his mannerisms, his way of being. I'd love to have him follow me around in his sort of like, you know, rumbling, stumbling ways. He's sort of a geek, though. Yeah, he makes me look cool. He's the ultimate wingman. You know who I'd want? Remember in um, Out of This World? Where you're in that cage and you hook up with that alien guy. Yeah. You know, that guy. He's, he's not going to be a real engaging conversation partner. I don't know. He goes, bah, 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 bah. He, you can hang out. I kind of like that guy. And he's also tough. And he also knows how to use a weapon. He's smart. So I would go with the weird alien guy from out of this world. Plus, he's mm. friendly. Like, he makes friends with your guy. And your guy's an alien on his world. So I think that's nice. That is nice. That is nice. <laughs> Ravi asks... If you had to cosplay as an Amiga character, which would you choose? Oh, man. <laughs> well, I don't think I could pull off uh, a, a KT from Top Banana. <laughs> so I'm trying to think, who I, who could I pull off uh, in the in, in the uh, width and breadth of the, of the universe that is the Amiga? Do you have a thought on this? Absolutely. I would be Gomez from the Addams Family. I mean, oh. he's basically, he looks like Raul Julia, and Raul Julia looks awesome. <laughs> So you get to rock a velvet smoking jacket 
and you get to roll around your house smoking cigars. That sounds great. What's the name of that game that with the geek and the chick at the end that you know I love? Oh, so Jim much. Power. Like, Jim, Jim Power. Power. He's the guy. I want to be him because he's super <laughs> cool, and I like the fact that your girlfriend's perpetually stunned and well, wonders I, what I, she's I'd, doing I'd with cosplay, Jim Power. I'd cosplay as his girlfriend, and that, that would be great. <laughs> I, you, show me your Jim Power's girlfriend look. <laughs> You got it. Bam, we're in. That's it. Uh, Adam from Commodore Chronicles writes, If the world were to be taken over by one TV or movie-based AI robotic creation, what would your robot overlord of choice be? Hmm. So the world's being taken over. We don't have a choice in that matter. We just got to pick who we'd want to live under. Right. You know, in terms of the AIs and movie and TV and film, I don't know. We're still, it's early days, right? Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, the uh, the my favorite, one of my favorite books and one of my games that I really enjoy, Neuromancer. Now, that's a cool AI. Chess playing AI. He's, he's taking over cyberspace. He's knocking off the cyber cowboys one at a time. I always thought that was cool. And also, I think the name Neuromancer is, like, super cool. So I'm going to mm. go with that. Although I don't think that was the guy's name. I'm going with Kit. The the Knight Rider car? Or the yeah. or the guy in our Discord? Yeah. Nope, the Knight Rider car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the, you know those geeks I can't stand? They bought the original Kit. I saw that on one of their videos of the day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah that yeah. shot that dream in the butt. <laughs> Aaron Armstrong asks... Do you use chat GPT much? I've had a great time talking about Amiga stuff to it. And as a side note, I am close to releasing a chat GPT app for internet-enabled Amigas running Amiga OS 3.2. Who who, who sent this? This is Cameron Armstrong. Wow. What AKA a, Night Fox. What a crazy app. First of all, I salute you. Because I would also live under the AI that had an Amiga running it. I'd be down with that. Um... I have not screwed with it much, and every time I have, it's been an atrocity. Uh, so, I, and now, Boat, you're a skilled player with the old chat GPT, aren't you? I do. I enjoy playing with it. Uh, Brent's in chat right now. He talks about uh, running role-playing games with it. It's a great DM, because it will literally just keep on making up stuff for you, and it will remember what it's made up. Um I enjoy- show me how you do that. I've not. I have no idea how you do that stuff. Okay. Okay. Um, the uh, but I will say, and I there, and, and I don't know if you read much in our AI chat here on Amigos, but there's been a bunch of studies saying that Chat GPT has gotten worse, and I believe, and I know it's true because it's not as good as it was when it first came out, and I can't figure that out. I don't know if everybody interacting with it has made it dumber somehow. But it has gotten, like, less cool to be around. It's like well, that I, friend you used to like, but now you want to get away from. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I know that guy. Um, I've been that guy. <laughs> the, the thing Here's the thing. When I heard about the chat uh, uh, gimmick, they said it's culling all this information and images and all this knowledge from the all the different predetermined spots on the net. I thought to myself, that's interesting. But I also thought to myself, Man, I hope they're paying real good attention about where it's getting this information because <laughs> a lot of things on the net are wrong or dumb. And so it, I, I thought to myself, if you, give this, if you give this the wrong information, you're going to have an AI that's a, a, an idiot and a jerk. <laughs> and, you know, so maybe that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's happening, but uh, maybe maybe it's just a run up. They're they're depreciating, ver- uh, you know, version four. So when version five comes out, they'll charge twice as much, and and uh, it's it's all a ploy. You know, if uh, if you think about it, if you took a kid, okay, like a new kid, he's never, uh, uh, like say five year old kid, he's never been on the internet, and you said, here, little Billy, here you have access to all the internet for kids, like archives of like Smithsonian and history. Right. A nice walled area, okay? Mm-hmm. Everything has been pre-picked out and everything cleansed, right? Right. And then you slowly let the kid get on the real internet. I suspect something very similar would happen. You know what <laughs> you I know, mean? I think you've got something there. Yeah. I think you've got something there. Um, David Hearn Ryder asks, Do you prefer to play games against the computer or human opponents? It really depends on the game. I mean... 
I prefer to play humans in, like, fighting games or wrestling games, stuff like that. I prefer to play the computer and stuff like, you know, shmups and, and, and that, or, or that sort of thing. When it comes to RPGs, I absolutely prefer humans over the computer. Uh, without that, that's the one place that makes a well, huge okay, difference. I, I, I think I, I agree with everything you're saying, but let me ask it in a different way. If given the choice, no matter the game, would you rather sit down by yourself and play video games, or would you rather sit down and play video games with somebody else? Uh, 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 other people, other people. Okay. I'm a social game. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, in fact, yeah, I, I'm it, the it's almost always better. I'm the opposite. I enjoy my video game time to be like by myself because I have a hard time really getting immersed in the atmosphere of a video game. And I think it depends on the kind of video game as you're, as you're saying too, but I really like to kind of shut the world out and really focus in. I also don't like watching movies with people for the same reason. Um, I like being able to really lose myself uh, versus tabletop gaming. I love playing because that's more of my social gaming experience. So, I will say when it comes to movies and TV shows, and this is I, I love I'll watch movies with TV with people. I love it TV shows, but what I don't love is when they, especially with something you've recommended, it's when they just stop looking at the screen, fiddle mm-hmm. with their phone. Then I start getting angry, right? Especially exactly. if they're missing things that are clever or fun or hilarious. Yeah. I hate and I'm that. Like, hate I'm that like a lot. I'm like, why are you here? Just get mm-hmm. out of here. That's yeah. one thing I like about the camp. There's no internet. There's no telephone <laughs> signal. There's no nothing. So you're looking at that screen, or you're just looking off into space. That's the only right. options. Um, Andy Craig asks, okay, get ready. This is a long question. All right. Okay. Um, so he's asking about uh, Commodore leadership, okay? And he says, Irving Gould was generally disliked in the late days of Commodore as he let Commodore CEOs bleed the company dry. Yet he had saved Commodore in 1966. What's your opinion of him? He's the money man, as we know. He was the guy that was backing this uh, sinking ship. Uh, My opinion of him, it's hard to sit here and say, what a piece of crap, because he's the money man. Uh, CEOs did bleed it dry. I mean, Commodore CEOs are always at the top of the salary list. I remember seeing that back in the day and being furious at it. You know, I mean, they're up there with, like, the elite CEOs of the day when it comes, especially the computer area. So he probably needed a little more, I'd say part of it is lack of knowledge, lack of product knowledge. But, I mean, who had big product knowledge back in those days about computers? It was a, you're talking to something that had been out for 10 years, you know. So it was, I don't blame him fully. I don't blame him. I mean, he did dumb things, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, I think he was, you know, plus who knows what else he had cooking. You know, I don't know I don't know the full dossier of what this of what he had going. But I would wager that this wasn't the only stick he had to fire. And then he went in and did his thing. But, you know, he, he got out. The thing sank. That was it. But I don't necessarily hold him responsible. I'm not sure who you hold responsible. If you could pick, like, one guy. Because, yeah, people sucked money from the company. And Commodore didn't do a very good job of expanding their line of computers or keeping up with the Joneses or whatnot. But, I mean, you were maybe they were up against insurmountable odds, if you want the truth. I don't know. I'm not sure anything they could have done would have made a difference, you know. So, that's my opinion. What do you think, Boat? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that, that, you know, all of these guys at the top, you know, their job is to, you know, make money. When you're a CEO, your job is to make money for your stakeholders. And you have to make a judgment call on whether you think the future of making money is going to lie with the company continuing to produce computers or does the future lie in selling off your assets and sort of fading off into the distance. And when you're making a business decision, sometimes you uh, you have to make choices that are not popular with the people who... And that's it's sort of the, the problem with people forming these uh, irrational attachments to machinery. You know, people people buy these computers and the computer becomes such a part of themselves that the, 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 the life and death of the company becomes something that they care passionately about. And I've been there. I'm sure you've been there with stuff. You've, you've bought stuff. You love it. 
And when you start to see stuff go south from a business perspective and you see, you know, uh, CEOs selling off assets and doing things like that, it does make you angry. But, uh, you know, now that I've gotten older, I realize that that's that's part of doing business. And, you know, that the CEO is there to do that. He's not there to make Commodore, you know, the owners of the 1200 happy. Yeah, you can, and you could say that you could make the same conversation about Atari and their rise and fall, and a- Apple and their near pl- their rise and fall before they came back from the dead, and a bunch of other companies, you know, and plenty of companies that are long gone. You know, you can th- this is companies come and go, and you're right, they 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 have a different agenda than the consumer does, and often those two agendas do not uh, mix well. Yeah. Um, do any of these, and this is also from Andy, do any of these CEO names elicit a strong emotion? And he's listed them in chronological order. Jack Trammell, Marshall Smith, Thomas Radigan, Max Toy, Harold Copperman, James Dion, and Mehdi Ali. Well, Mehdi Ali's one, that was the, the, when he was getting paid big time, that's the one that really pissed me off, if I'm Mm -hmm. honest. Listen, Jack Trammell, he's a guy, what are you going to say? about him. I mean, everyone knows about Jack, Jack Attack, uh, but, listen, he built Calder from literally nothing. You know, here's a guy that came over, uh, you know, came out of World War II prison camp, beat down. You know, and he came over here, and he worked hard. I got nothing bad to say about the guy for his work ethic. Now, his business practices were, were double dirty, but this goes right back to what we were just talking about. You know, yeah, you could get on him for doing all this double deal and being real super dirty in business, but he also was very successful at it, and he was, and he was a money maker, and it's business, and everyone's playing dirty in business a lot of times. So, you know, it's not the most ethical arena, uh, and I doubt Jack did things that many other big time players did in other ways for other big corporations. So, I don't have a problem with Jack as such, uh, and the rest of them, honestly, I don't know enough about them to really have a feeling one way or the other. But. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any strong feelings. Like I said, I respect Jack Trammell for for what he did and the company that he built. And listen, if you're talking about uh, shady business practices, welcome to the technology club because all these guys are crooked as the day is long, and they I all did stuff that, yeah. that was shady and underhanded. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were. I mean, look, I mean, we're just talking about Atari. They they flat out stole Pong and they stole a bunch of stuff. They did a bunch of. They put games out they weren't licensed to. They did all kinds of stuff that they shouldn't have done. And mm-hmm. they, they had ups and downs in court, just like Commodore did. Uh, but you're right. Everyone was trying to get away with as much as they could, as fast as they could. I was listening to a podcast today about the history of Nike. And Phil Knight was in a business meeting with one of the Japanese shoe suppliers. And they were like, and he was trying to get them to manufacture his shoe. And they were like, well, we've got we've got some other shoe designs from Adidas and other places that we're looking at. The guy that he was meeting with got up and excused himself. Phil opened the guy's briefcase, Xeroxed all the documents that were in it, and put them back before he came back from the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that, that's what we're dealing with here in the world of, of, of that corporatism. Is, that's the dirtiest of poor right there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, and uh, Andy Craig, his third and final question for the edition says, uh, lastly, if Vince McMahon had been a Commodore CEO, what would have happened? Well, you think Vince could have saved Commodore? I'll tell you one thing. There'd be a lot more chips and after women in that thing, almost certainly. <laughs> and there'd be a lot more lawsuits because Vince, listen, Vince is exact. You know, it's funny in wrestling, Vince is the most successful promoter of all time. Full stop. There's no one even close. All right. How did he get there? He screwed every other promoter, he screwed all the wrestlers, he screwed other promotions that tried to start. And then he tried to hook up with every chick in sight. He paid them off. He paid hush money for to keep women quiet, to keep wrestlers from being put in jail. I mean, including guys that committed murder. He did. He is a the lowest of the low life scumbags. Okay, but in business, being the lowest of the low life scumbags makes you a billionaire. You know, he's a super motivated guy who never ever stops. He's relentless in everything he does, for good and for bad. Now, if you had a guy like Vince in any other industry, he would probably do just as well. Because people like that super motivated, like up all night maniacs, usually get a lot done. 
I think that's one of the reasons he gets in trouble, because he can't sit still. He can't take a pause. It's a blessing and a curse. If Vince had ran Commodore, it would have been... A, him and Jack Tramiel probably would have gotten along quite nicely. I doubt Jack was the, the wolf that Vince was with the ladies. But, uh, but Vince, <clears throat> you know, he does what he has to do to win, even today. When his company is a hundred times larger than the next competitor, he still purposely tries to book arenas where the other company wants to go. He books, he puts stuff on nights where the other company's having a big show. He still does that, despite the fact that he's got he's jumped out to an insurmountable lead. That's the reason why he's still in power. He was gone. He retired, and he was booted out under horrible circumstances. And he's so clever and devious. He weaseled his way back in, fired all the people off the board that didn't like him, and took back over after all he did. So, he's that kind of guy. Do I think he'd be a big player in any business? Absolutely. Mm. Well said. Well said. David Hearn Ryder asks, Aaron, tell us more about your rescue cats. Which one is the boss of the house? Well, we've got two cats that both came from the shelter, of course. Um, so, we got Snowball first. Uh Tree and Luke wanted to have a little baby kitty, and they brought Snowball home, a little white cat. Snowball is a—he's the boss of the house because he's the—he's the big cat, uh, and he's the boy cat. And we eventually, Snowball kept driving me nuts, scratching at my door every night, trying to bug me. And so I thought, wait, wait, we'll get another cat, and that'll calm him down. So we ended up. Icky was a cat that literally was rescued off the street, uh, and she weighed about an ounce. When we got her, I held her in my hand like this. And I looked at it, and I thought to myself, oh, why did they give this cat a name? It's not going to live. The vet had told us there's a slim chance that Icky would eat, live and to feed Icky as much food as Icky could eat. Which, unfortunately, that's not only did Icky live, but that became Icky's life's work, to eat as much as possible. <laughs> uh, Icky is short for Ichabod. We call her Icky. Uh, and Ichabod, is, she's a beautiful, sweet little thing, but she's very shy. Uh, she does not like to be picked up or held. Uh, she's got a real sad sort of yelp when she wants something, but she's coming out of her shell over the last few years. Her and Snowball occasionally fight, uh, but they generally get along okay. Snowball, despite the fact that there's another cat here, still drives me nuts. He wakes me up every night. He wakes me up in the morning. And when it's time for food, they both come in here and basically demand that they be fed. So they're fun. I like them. They've torn up all my furniture. They've left fur in every room of my house. So, will I get another cat or dog? No. But I do love these two, and I've enjoyed having them. Ravi asks, what did you guys think of the Sega Dreamcast? It's funny. I've got one sitting right here. <laughs> I love the Sega Dreamcast boat. Go ahead. What do you think about it? The Dreamcast was an unbelievable revelation when it came out. Uh, because... Uh, I it, to me it seemed like a generational shift. It seemed like a multi generational shift, going from the PlayStation and the Nintendo sixty four to the Dreamcast. It came out in a seminal point in my life. It came out, of course, nine nine ninety nine. I was a freshman in college. One of the guys had a Dreamcast on my floor in the dorms, and I remember playing. Um, oh, what's the what's the big fighting game? For the, Soul, the Soul, Soul Calibur. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just playing Soul Calibur and looking at it and was thinking, this is it. This is the arcade experience brought home 100%. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just, I couldn't believe how, how great it was. And then likewise, I couldn't believe how soon it disappeared. When I heard later that, you know, the, the next year when they were discontinuing it, I was like, what? This thing was awesome. What happened? Of course, I didn't know anything about the business side of things or what had happened. But uh, the Dreamcast was special because, A, it had all those great first-party Sega games. Uh, had Soul Calibur. It had Bass Fishing. Had Crazy Taxi. All of these great, great games. But it was also the machine, the fir the very first console that you could run emulators on that I had. I'm sure that there were other ones, but this was the thing where you got a disc and yeah. it said Nestor DC on it. And you popped it in and you could play Nintendo games. And I was like, holy yeah. cow, that this is great. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love the Dreamcast. I still love the Dreamcast. I think it's a great system. Uh, you know, I, I, I agree with everything you said there. I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> I didn't have, I wasn't in a console game back when this came out. I mean, I hadn't had a console at that point for a long time. I was a computer guy. But I did have my eye on it. 
and I, I thought and I saw Soul Calibur and some of that stuff. I was like, man, and NFL 2K that that was a that game was a revelation too before it got undermined by Madden. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But um, uh, and the tennis game they had on their tennis 2K. Um, and but I didn't get one until they came. There were two things that got me to get one. I found I was on a I was part of a forum. They're still around called Ann and Ann Tech. Uh, it's, and they had a forum on there where you could get hot deals, the hot deals forum, and they, and they had a hot deal at like J.C. Penney was selling these things for like I mean it was a real blow up discount. And I didn't know why they were so cheap at the time, but I'm like, well, that's a cheap price. But what about the ability to pirate games for it? So I looked into it, and sure enough, piracy was on, like on fire at this point, which probably explains why it was so cheap. And right. so with those two things in mind, I grabbed one. Mine came with Sonic, uh, the Sonic game, uh, the football game, uh, right out of the box. So I had two great games to play right out of the gate, you know. And then you also uh, the, had the cool VMU screen on it, which was great for, like, football game because you could have the plays on there. I love that. I thought that thing was clever. And a lot of stuff in the Dreamcast was very clever, the modem and whatnot. But what killed the Dreamcast, in my opinion, people say piracy, and that was some of them. But what killed the Dreamcast was the Saturn and the 32X. And the, and the uh, uh, CD expansion for the Genesis, the all these goofy, uh, un- ill thought out, expensive things had come out, and people lost faith. They mm-hmm. lost faith, and then what sealed the deal was the ex- uh, incredible popularity of the PlayStation, and the thought that the PlayStation Two was just around the corner, and that haunted the Dreamcast the entire time it was on the shelf. Because everyone knew the big dog was coming to town. That's right. You know, right. and so people just, it sold great at first, and the sales dropped like a rock, and then Sega was out. And it was a great machine, which is why it's still popular. Much like the PC Engine. It was a great machine. It was it was, it was was better than everything else at the time, but eventually it just went away. But I love it. I love it. Uh, is to Scooby asks... Do you think you got into more or less trouble as a kid because you were into gaming and arcades? Here's the thing. Uh, Gaming wasn't a thing until, for me, until the 80s. All right, now, I... We had, like, in in 81, we had an Odyssey 2. So, but I mean, you got to think, I grew up in the 70s. From 71 to 80, no one had a game machine. And the arcades were not what they would become. They were more like mechanism games, you know, base bat and ball games, you know, games where you fly a little helicopter, pinball. The uh, electromagnetic type That's right. That's correct. And so, which were fun, but there also weren't as many, right? Because those games were expensive. They broke a lot. uh, So gaming didn't really take off until I was already 12 or 13 or 11, somewhere in that ballpark, you know, maybe a little bit earlier. But, I mean, they really took off then, you know, 82, 83. And then arcades took off then, too. So, did it keep me out of trouble? It did not. And the reason it did not is because, uh, I mean, for example, if we, my buddy had an 8-bit Atari. We wanted to play a game on it. We would load up the tape, put it in, and we'd go play for an hour while it loaded. Then we'd go play for, you know, 20 minutes. And so, really, the game was sort of just fun little afterthought to our other play. So, mm-hmm. I, no, I would not say it kept me out of trouble. Arcades weren't as dark and dingy as, you, as you've been led to believe most of the time. So even when I got to go to an arcade, it's not like I could walk to one. If you're in West Virginia, you're probably not walking to an arcade. Even at their height, you'd have trouble. Bo could have, but I couldn't. It would have been too far. So I would say it did not affect me being in trouble or not. Yeah, I, I don't know that... I mean, I definitely spent a ton of time growing up playing video games... But I don't know necessarily that I was running with the crowd that was getting into a lot of mischief um, that weren't playing video games. Uh, I think the biggest single factor in me not getting in trouble as a kid was being in the band. Because the, the, the friends that I made in high school that were in the band were generally people that didn't get up to a lot of bad, real bad stuff. Uh, and the crew that I was running with at the end of eighth grade definitely were. They were into smoking pot and all kinds of stuff. And when I joined the band in, in high school, I sort of dropped them as a friend group 
and started hanging out with people like your brother. And uh, they uh, that really kind of, I think, saved me from a, a long road of bad decisions. That's an indictment. I'd say that began your road of bad decisions right there. <laughs> you know, one, also, you were a big player in the Scouts, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, was, mm-hmm. I, I was in Scouts for a good while. Mm-hmm. So, that, you know, I, I, and I went to church every Wednesday. The whole nine years, I, I don't think I was a real tough kid. My parents seemed to think I was a pretty good kid. Mm-hmm. You know, Brent yeah. was the real scumbag. <laughs> uh, Super Tech Boy asks, if you invented a new crypto coin, what would you call it? Um, hmm. Well, I mean, the obvious thing to call it would be Amiga, Amiga Bucks. That'd be kind of fun. Uh, but then it could be uh, um, Devil Bounty. I could use that. Oh, you know, it's like a play that's on my good, name. man. That's yeah, good. That's just right off the top of my head. What about you, Boat? Boat well, Buck. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. If I was really going to do this and I wasn't yeah. just joking around, I would probably come up with something. What you want to have is something that sounds vaguely Japanese to give yeah. it an air of legitimacy. Plus, you tie it into nostalgic video games. I'd go with Yoshi Coin. Yeah. I mean, that's like a thing that you could imagine being a thing. Wouldn't there be, you don't think there'd be sort of, I guess the name Yoshi could be anything. Yeah, there's a million Japanese people named Yoshi. Yeah, yeah. I like it. But of course, Boat, you were a, a, you dabbed your, you dabbed around in the crypto market. Oh, yeah. I lost truckfuls of money. Right. So, I mean, that market, I mean, you've got to be out of your freaking mind to to do that right now, I think. Well, unless you've got a secret. It was, here's the thing. If you're the one issuing the coin, that's the position that you want to be in. Because <laughs> then yeah. you're making all the money. People you know, pay you for a thing that doesn't exist. Then you take all that money and you disappear. You know, I've been watching here recently. They've been talking about how these NFTs have dropped. These people are paying millions of dollars for these things. They can't get, they can't get anything. It can't be bud spare for them now. And I think to myself, if you spend a couple million dollars on an NFT... I'm going to go on the assumption that you had the money to spend at that point. Right, and hopefully. That you're just dumb. <laughs> as opposed, you know, but I mean, I mean, anyone that thought NFTs were going to be the next big thing, I'm always baffled at that because, you know, I just couldn't figure that out. And and for once, humanity didn't let me down. They were just like, we're not doing that. <laughs> uh, Mr. Rocket says, 1984 is my favorite year. I was 13, so no mortgage and responsibilities, great music, TV and films, and it was the year that Elite came out on the Beeb. What's your favorite year, guys? Well, Mr. Rock was, is the same age as you, man. Yeah, I was 13 and, and uh, that year. I would probably say, you know, the easy question, the easy answer would be 89. That summer when I graduated from high school and you haven't, you haven't went out and ruined your life yet. Or you haven't been you haven't been uh, uh, nailed down with student debt or car payments or insurance, you know you've got that summer before it all goes south on you. You can go run the roads, and I remember hanging out with my buddy, a couple chicks, going to Kings Island, running around, going on trips, <clears throat> you know, having a really good time that summer. I thought to myself, this is the best. Uh, but as I get older, you know, I've had a lot of good years over the years. I've had some bad ones too. But it's hard to nail one down. But it would probably, in all honesty, it'd probably be something maybe the last five or six years, uh, where I, you know, I, even and every year it seems to, I I feel like I'm getting more done. And so my I've got a personal motto, and I look at myself every year on my birthday, and I think to myself, Are you doing better than you were last year on your birthday? And if I can say I am, that was a good year. And more often than not, I think I am. So I, that's the way I judge a boat. My favorite year was 1995. Why? Why is uh, that? That was well in the about midway through eighth grade. I started coming out of my my shy, awkward shell. Yeah, you and, did. Uh, and uh, started to become the 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 person that that I am now. Um, I had a really good back half of eighth grade. A good Kings Island trip that was really fun. I was hanging out with girls that were attractive, and then yeah. uh, and then I joined the band. And joining the band, like the high school band, that first year, that first summer, when you go in there for the summer band, you know, and you're you're around all of these people that are much older than you. Like when you're a freshman and you're hanging out with seniors, you're like, wow, this is awesome, you know. And uh, just feeling like you were part of a big group of friends was not something that I'd ever felt 
even though I was in stuff like karate and scouts like that, I never really felt like I was part of a, like a family type group of friends. And so that, that was really important to me. Um, I thought uh, there was a bunch of great music in 1995. Of course, the, the music that comes out when you're a teenager is, is statistically the best. Uh, but, uh, I, I just love, I thought 95 was a great year. That's, that's number one for me. There's a couple years, 2008 was another good mm-hmm. year, but, uh, but 95 is number one with the bullet for me. You know, it's funny that both of us mentioned Kings Island when that thing, which I was the same way. You know, um, uh, I wish I'd had the same experience in band that you did. I did not find it. I hated my freshman year so much. I hated the band. I didn't think they were they weren't very nice to me that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I think it was a, probably a tectonic shift between band that I was in the band you were in. Oh yeah, absolutely. Was, I'm sure this, it was a my totally band was thing. huge, and it was people were they were sort of clicky. You know, mm-hmm. and I didn't know anybody going in. It was so I didn't like it that much. And I was, and I'd say junior, senior year, I enjoyed it a lot more. I will yeah, there's that. something to be said. I mean, you went into you know like a really elite program, and that comes with good things and bad things, like you said. So, um, Spinny one o <laughs> Spinny one o eight uh, asks, do you have accents and slang words specific to West Virginia? Being from Lancashire in the UK. You would probably think I was speaking in tongues if you heard me. Do we have any slang or accents here in West Virginia, Aaron? No, we don't have any. We're playing pretty straightforward, vanilla. <laughs> you know, I don't know if they, when you talk about specific um, West Virginia slang words, like I can't sit here and tell you some. I've seen some leg- linguistical programs where they go over the different slang words in Appalachia. And a lot of the slang words they mentioned, I've never heard. So mm-hmm. these are old, old school. I mean, I don't know. I remember when I was a kid, when my babysitter used to call stuff up, you put this in the poke. I never heard, I didn't know what a poke was until then. Or instead of, you know, calling soda pop and that kind of stuff. But I mean, I don't know. Do we have anything? Can you think of any words on top of your head that we only use in West Virginia? You know, but it seems like most redneck states use the same, like, stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's definitely, like, an Appalachian, like, um, it's more of an Appalachian regional thing than a yeah. West Virginia specific thing. But I mean, there's, there's your classics. There's your fur piece. There's your reckon, uh, you know, Down there's, there's stuff like, yeah, you, you, you still hear stuff like that. But I mean, it's, it's really dying out. I mean, you know, you never hear, I never hear anybody our age, uh, saying stuff like that. It's always the old people. So I don't know if you, when you get old, you just automatically start using those words or if it, if it's dying out. Well, I think part of it's where we live because when you go out in the sticks, they still pre- they sound real country out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, I think there's a stigma attached to West Virginia. We all know that, and Appalachia as a whole. But West Virginia really gets the the brunt of it, and so a lot of people purposely try to not sound like they're or West Virginian because they don't want to. They don't want to go out to Chicago or Arizona, and people will be like, "Look at you! Look at the way you talk!" You know, my cousins came down from New Jersey one time. And they talk a thousand miles a second, and after every where you would put a period, they say the word right. They'd be like, mm-hmm. I went to the trees, right? Now when I got something to eat, right? Now whatever got something. And I was sitting there like, You talk like an idiot, you know, but no one mocks them. They get away with anything. But if here we are, if we say it's a fur piece down yonder, we're the dumbest people on earth. So it's what true. can you do? David Hearn Ryder asks, if you had managed to wrong a Harley race back in the day and he was keen for a square up, how would you handle it? I would probably, oh man, Harley Race. Harley Race is a bad dude. I would, and also he packed heat. He mm. was well known for packing a gun, and he also drove like a maniac while drinking beer. I mean, he was a he was a complete outlaw. So if I had wronged him, you're probably I'd probably have to leave the country, or I mean, because you're not going to make it right with him. He's not that kind of guy. You know, you might just have to sit down, just let him beat you down real bad, and maybe you can let him beat you until he gets even i don't know but he one thing harley had was this big afro and these big huge chops they were so cool i wanted i don't so know bad. that I, I don't know that i've ever seen harley race before picture a guy picture a white guy okay okay for about six foot tall with a brown like white guy afro okay, okay. and it chops like big huge chops and he wore uh, coming to the ring, he had a coat, that, and it was two colors split right down the middle, like red and blue. And he had red and blue tights, maybe, and then boots. And that was it. He'd take the coat off and wrestle. 
and his big moves were all headbutt related. <laughs> that's what he, that's what he did. He did a top rope headbutt stuff like that. He was world champ, seven time NWA world champ. But I mean, mm. legit bad dude, not to be messed with. Mm. Who asked uh, that? Uh, that was David Hearn Ryder. Mm, David Hearn knows. He knows if you, if you get Harley Race out there, you know. Yeah, he even put wrong in quotation marks to mm. let you know that you'd wronged him. Mm. Is two Scooby asks, are you a night owl or an early riser? Both, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I've always been a night person. I mean, I mean, even when I was a kid, I would I would always stay up super late, and then much like now that I would get up at like six fifty or whatever in the morning, and then go do the job. I, I've always ran with very little sleep. What about you, Boat? I am an early riser, 100%. Yeah. I, I enjoy getting up early, and I enjoy going to bed early. Um, if I don't get a good night's sleep, I don't function well, and I'm not pleasant to be around. You're in trouble tomorrow then, buddy. What, what's going on tomorrow? Because it's 9-10 now. Oh, it is. Why? Well, don't Trust me. I've got the PJs ready as soon as this thing's over. I'm surprised you're not wearing them. <laughs> Spinny108 asks, have you ever had your identity stolen? Happened to me a couple years back. Two bank accounts and two iPhone contracts taken out in my name in one day. Luckily, it got everything stopped and reported before any damage was done. <clears throat> it's funny. I had my identity stolen one time. And then about 15 minutes later, it was given back with a $5 bill and a note that said, I'm so sorry. So I don't know what that means. But aside from that, no, I've never had it stolen. Uh, I've never had, I don't believe I've ever had my identity stolen. So I've, I've, I've been lucky. Uh, Ravi asks, what is the best traditional American comfort food you would recommend to Europeans to try? Go ahead, Boat. When I was in eighth grade, and I don't know if you did this or not, we took a field trip to Bob Evans' farm. Over yes, of Rio course. Grand. Yes, absolutely, we did that. And I remember we pulled up, and it was like, in my mind, it was like 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm sure it was like 7.30. But we got there super early, and the mist was still hanging over the trees. Yeah. When they had these, they had these, picnic, um, they, they had these picnic tables lined up, right? And I mean, uh, and... Everybody that was in eighth grade sat down at these picnic tables and they brought us all biscuits and gravy and hot apple cider. Oh, wow, man. And I, I still and I still remember eating those biscuits and gravy sitting on that picnic table with that hot apple cider thinking, man, this is the best darn meal I've ever had in my life. And so to me, that's the ultimate comfort food is, is biscuits and gravy. You know that Bob Edwards is great. I need to take the yeah. kid out there. Yeah. You know, I've, I know I've mentioned this story before, but I'll mention it just real briefly. I was out there with my buddy one time drinking that delicious apple cider, and I was like, hey, give me a swig of that apple cider. He's like, nah, I'm not giving you none. And it was, you know, it's in like a like a milk container, right? Mm -hmm. And he turned it up, and I just put my hand up and held it up to his face so he couldn't take it down. And so he was drinking as fast as he could, and eventually he couldn't drink anymore, and it spilled all over his face and all over his shirt. And he was real pissed off. And the funny, the best part of it is, there were like four million sweat bees out, and they were hungry <laughs> for cider. So they had their cough for them all day. That's what you get for not sharing, man. But that's it's a, true. It's a life lesson. That's a good choice. Uh, I like, I you know, and Boston Bobby Evans food was really good back in the day, and, I, and mm. now it's eh. It's okay. When I think comfort food, though, you know, if I really want to get comfortable, I want to do it. I hate to say because this is the answer I give every time, but I love me a good pizza pie. You know, mm. I know, I know, most people would think, oh, how about a chip or a cookie? No, a full pizza is what I, I recommend. With, with yeah, what is there a, is a certain certain kind of like brand of pizza well, franchise? It, yes, there actually is. I was talking to somebody about it the other day uh, because the building is up for rent again. But the old my old uh, stomping grounds at Daveroni's. Yeah, Daveroni's. We had is this great. we had this square pan pizza deal. I mean, we had it forever. I think it was nine ninety nine, and you got a pop or something with it. And man, those pizzas! I don't. We, I knew how we made them, and then we made them perfect, and they were great. And I would, I would love to have a Davroni's pizza right now. And even one of the little personal pan pizzas would be good. And some of those beer battered onion rings. I'll I mean, tell you Davaronis what was great. Was great. Davaroni's, I still remember getting Davaroni's pizza, just opening it up, and the way that the grease would pool on top, man, it was so good. I just love, just just being able to, it was like you could, like, suck the grease off the pizza while you ate it. Same with the, 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 with the cheese sticks. You crack open the cheese stick like you're biting the bottle top off a beer, and then you just drain that grease, and then you shove yeah. the rest of the cheese stick in. 
Well, you know, the uh, the Deborah, the pizza wasn't inherently cheesy, depending on the toppings you got. But I can tell you, we used actual, by the, how many pizzas can say this now? We used actual cheese. We mm. used actual tomato sauce. It was a blend of tomato sauce, and it was a blend of cheese. Mm. I mean, it was a full-on job. These guys knew how to make food. Unfortunately, they went out, but I do miss that terribly. Yeah. So that'd be something I'd love to have again. Duncan Stiles asks, You have been exiled to an island for doing something truly terrible. You're allowed to have one food outlet built on the island, but it will be the only source of food and drink on the island. Okay. Which outlet would you have built? So this so is one like a, food a restaurant. Outlet. I think by food outlet, he means restaurant. Okay, I, I could be wrong. Yeah. What do you th- What do you think about that, Bo? Do you have your Bob Evans stuck out there? No, Chinese buffet. <laughs> what about your wife's restaurant? You could have that built right on the island. That'd work out great. Give me the China Chef in Taze Valley. Anyway. Oh no. <laughs> See, I mean, I will say the China Chef has a their buffet is vast. Mm-hmm. You know, I will say that. But you know, I'm going to go with Schaefer's. Man, they've got all sorts of different food for different types of food, and plus you get all those milkshakes and ice creams and stuff. You ain't gonna get that to Chinese buffet, brother. They got two types of ice cream there. That's true. I'm, I'm, That's true. And plus, there, if I put a Shapers on the island, I don't have to even go up to the counter. I can just pull up in my, you know, my coconut mobile. That's right. You know, have it just like the professor. They could bring out to have the chick come out. <laughs> uh, TSI Matt asks, which is more important, creativity or cooperation? Well, if it's creativity, I'm sunk. I'd say cooperate. Well, I mean, what you do is you cooperate with someone that's more creative than you. That's what I've done <laughs> here on the Amigos, and it worked out great. So I would say cooperation, but Yeah, I think cooperation, because you're sooner or later, you're going to, no matter how creative you are, you're going to need somebody else. And if you can't cooperate with them, it doesn't matter how creative you are. Well said, Boat. Net Surge, Frank asks, why do we park on a driveway and drive on a parkway? Um, hmm. We're dumb. That is dumb. Now think about it. I never really thought about it. Does anyone call them parkways anymore? Not that often, right? It, usually it's the name of a road. So you'll have like the Powhatan Parkway, which I just passed in like uh, Chillicothe or something. Or no, that was in uh, in Richmond. They had the Powhatan Parkway. I Do we have any parkways around here? No. We got uh, highways, like the Dixie Highways, the Highway, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, we don't really have a lot of parkways, um, but like the ba- the B- the Baltimore Washington Parkway, I used to drive on that all the time up in D.C. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Do you know what they call the s- the sidewalk in England? The is it the front set? No, they call it the pavement. Oh. The pavement. Oh, really? Yeah. I was just How trying to do the that? opposite. I, yeah, I don't know. They're, <laughs> they did weird stuff over there, man. Lord Soup asks, is the world getting dumber, or is it just dumb people get in charge more often these days? No, the world's getting dumber. Yeah, it's <laughs> getting way dumber, I think. No arguments uh, and, here. And let me tell you something. We're reaching it. There's a tipping point here for dumbness. And I've, <laughs> I've seen idiocracy plenty of times, and I think we're, I'm afraid we're heading down the road, man. Every year, I think we get a little closer. Jocko6502 asks, what, in your opinion, is the best line from a movie or video game? Oh, jeez. That's such a hard question to answer off the cuff. What do you think? I don't know. I don't, I don't have, like, a favorite line from a movie. You know... I love uh, the uh, I love Army of Darkness, you know, and so I I could easily pick any number of lines from Ash that make me stand up and and applaud. <laughs> I'd say so, and you know, come get some or one of those. Uh, also, if you've ever seen if you've ever seen the sequel to Westworld, the old movie, the the end the last scene in it, it has no line at all. It's just the guy who's been harassed and tormented at this world. He just holds up his middle finger as he walks down the stairs. Don't even acknowledge it. I've always thought that was a particularly cunning line. I like that one. Also, any number of lines from Airplane or Naked Gun would be in there. I'm going to say, uh, um, I'm going to go with uh, Roger, Roger. What's your what's our vector? Victor, that's a great one. I love that from the old Airplane movie when they're in the cockpit. So I'm going to go with something like that. That's off the top I'll, of my I'll head. tell you. I'll tell you the movies that I quote from the most often are "This Is Spinal Tap" and "Napoleon Dynamite." So both both are 
both quirky and amusing. That's for yeah. sure. Both of which fly totally over my students' heads as I cackle oh, with delight. They don't get they don't get spinal tap. It's, yeah, I know, it's hard to believe. <laughs> uh, Super Tech Boy asks if you could marry any BGW wrestler, who would it be? Oh man, it's hard to say no to Super O for a boat. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm trying to think of. I'll tell you who I liked. Boat. I liked the show pony that we saw a couple of shows ago. Uh, 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 I liked her. I remember her super sparkly. But I'm not sure you were. You made out a bit on that show. No, I was there. Oh yeah, do you remember her? Mm -hmm. I liked her an awful lot. I also liked the chick uh, who uh, was part of the tag champs uh, with uh, uh, um, uh, what's it? Something poison? Ruby poison? uh, Ruby poison? The the and we haven't seen the partner for a while. Oh well, she's yeah. She's actually I go to church with with her dad. Yeah, uh, uh, she's creepy. A, she, yeah, she's now retired from uh, from wrestling, but she does commentary. She gets called out all different places. Wait a minute, that chick's the the chick the the the, the tag champ chick that we see occasionally. Yeah, she retired. Uh, Colby Colby Maxim, I think. Really? Was her. Yeah. Wow, yeah. she was getting booked everywhere too. I'm surprised. Yeah, she, well, she got injured. That's the you know. she got injured. Oh, Sumi Sakai, I like her when she came through. So she, I'll put her on the list too. What about you? Um, I like the Viking chick with the with the. <laughs> <laughs> Ragnarok and Ragnarok, other... yeah. <laughs> Give me her. Um, <laughs> Alien Breeder asks if one Amiga game character had to replace Mario from day one, which would which one would it be? Had to replace a, so an Amiga character has to replace Mario from day one. So the world never knew Mario. Instead, they knew this Amiga character. You know who was a lot of fun is that episode that me and the Brent covered, where it had the kid and his little, and they had like a. Uh, a you talking about buddy. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? No, that's not what we covered. What was the? the you were out that week. You yeah, I remember thing. it. It was, it was um, oh, it was on Amigos. It wasn't on ARG. Because you badmouthed, you badmouthed uh, the you and the, the 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 thumbnail for Bubble and Squeak. That's it. Oh, Bubble and Squeak. I thought that guy was pretty cool. So if Bubble and Squeak were like Mario and Luigi, I could I could be down with that. I like that. That game was more fun than it had any right to be, frankly. Yeah, that's not a bad choice. Uh, I'd say I think Super Frog is an excellent mascot. It's a console quality mascot. You just don't like the game. Frog. No, no. Think of the pickups that Mario would have now. With I would mean, coins in every section of the screen at the absolutely up. just all coin. Uh, Is to Scooby asks if you were going to be turned into a mythical creature of the night. Which would you choose, vampire or werewolf? I'm going to jump vampire. out and with this one because there's only one correct answer, and that is vampire. You got that which right. One, which one can turn into mist and float around? Right. Which one can turn into a bat? Which one gets all the hot ladies? Not the werewolf. Screw you, Michael J. Fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Which one has to lift his leg to pee? Is my, That's is right. the, is, yeah, we're going with vampire all the way, brother. Mm-hmm. Alan Breeder asks... Mac and cheese. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. No, that's he's. Oh, he's answering. He's answering the question here. Okay, poor, poor alien breeder. Hat chant. <laughs> Hat Chad asks. People know both of you as the hosts of many shows now. What is something you do that just never gets brought up on shows that occupies your non-amigos time? This is the chance, Aaron. You told me something before we started the stream tonight that I'd never heard before. You told me that you were an entrepreneur and you and the Chud opened your own business. Tell me about that. I can't believe this has never come up. This has never come up. Well, out of uh, of, uh, high, I guess out of trade school or out of college, or you want to call it, I, uh, um, we were looking for work, and we both were computer guys, and so we, uh, I, I, I was very, very friendly with a chick whose mom ran a local um, government-run agency, and they needed new computers, and so to get the job, we had to form a business, the whole nine yards, you had to do everything you had to do. And we did D and W computers, Dowdy and Wilcox computers. I got I got top billing uh, in, in this in this outfit. And we went out and we had to purchase computers. We we worked them out a deal. We purchased computers and we went there. And then to make sure that they didn't lose any time, we installed them at night. So while they were, it was all over one night. We installed all these computers. These were like Windows 
311 computers, you know, because this is, this is before Windows 95 would have been out, I think. It was right before. And so we went in there, and well, it, guess what? It takes a long time to install an office full of new computers with new software. <clears throat> and Chad had this plan. Chad's one of these guys that gets stuck to something, and he won't give it up no matter what. You know what? You realize it's dumb. He had this plan that he was going to hook up to all these computers over like the parallel port and install the software. Well, as you can imagine, this took for freaking ever. But what's the bit rate on a parallel port? Not good. <laughs> and so that also just dates this quite a bit. So I went through with the disks, and I'm going through and installing these things. Like, this is your idea. is so horrible. But he won't stop. And then eventually he gets tired, and he falls asleep right there. So I'm Classic going maneuver. So we're, the sun's coming up. You know, people are showing up in the office. I'm under the desk finishing these things up. So we finished them up. I know, I can tell you, I'm not going to lie. We did a terrible job at this. <laughs> uh, we made practically no money. Then the tax man came. Oh, the tax man. And he took the rest. And that was the end of D&W Computers, our, our <laughs> only effort. And it was that one night, one horrible night. And I thought to myself, you went to business with Chad. That was probably not thought through very well. And so that was it. So there you go. Yeah, that was something we did. Yeah. Um, so th th that really didn't have anything to do with Chad's question, but I just wanted to ask you about that. You told me to sell his, it. Yeah, his, his question is, what is something you do that just never gets brought up on shows that occupies your non-amigos time? Well, you go ahead and get into that boat. You do a lot of stuff. Well, I guess it would probably be my needlework. Heroin? Is that what you're no. talking about? No, I mean, I don't know if you know this or not, but I, I, I'm quite the accomplished crocheter. Uh, I've been working on this uh, amigurumi uh, ball here. Uh, I also enjoy cross-stitch, needlepoint. Working on this uh, right here, this uh, little uh, wood, wood night scene of the Hogsmeade Village from Harry Potter. Oh, man. So it's it's good, you know. We don't really have an international needlework uh, club like we do the computers. So I'm glad to show that off a little bit. I'll take your questions whenever you're ready. Very good, boat. Wow, what a what a what an artisan you are, you know. In my spare time, I like to you know I collect bottle caps. Uh, I've got a rubber band ball. I uh, um, you know I've you know got, the I, old hobbies. What happened to the old hobbies? Why don't kids have those anymore? The reason I said that Chad does all these things in real life, I don't. <laughs> You know, I, my hobby is probably, uh, you know, I like, I spend a lot of time with the boy, you know, so there's that. You know, I don't have a lot of spare time, <laughs> to be honest with you, so I don't get to do as much as I used to. So uh, I'll, I guess that's about my answer. Just raising the kid, you know, as best I can. That's my extra hobby. Oh, no, I mean, you gotta do, so you watch Twilight Zone? That's not a hobby. Well, it's not? Watching TV or listening to music is not a hobby. That's just something you don't, you do you don't you're doing your hobby. Well, let's talk about that. So you don't consider that a hobby. Media no. consumption, not a hobby. Well, I mean, what do you have you can, to? What do you have you can to do without paying attention? I mean, it's not like you have. It's on, but you don't necessarily watching it. No, so no, I don't. I don't. I don't consider. I mean, I'm sorry if you do. You know, no, I'm. Just, I, I just wanted to. So what do you? What? How would you define a hobby? You know, doing stuff like okay. Here's what I've been up to. All right, how about this? You know, I've got a house on the river. They've got no, as I mentioned, there's no cell phone. There's no internet. There's no, mm -hmm. uh, there's no nothing. So I dug up my old AM transmitter. If anyone's familiar with this old boy, it's the SS Tran uh, AMT 3000. These things sold like decades ago. And I'm going to rig this thing up to play. I'm going to start my own little micro radio station up on the river that will cover hopefully about a mile. And will allow people to listen to whatever I choose because it's the only <laughs> game in town. Uh, so that, so I guess there you go. There's a hobby for you. That's my. That's my I, side. I love that. I remember when you bought your current house. That was one of the things you said you wanted to do. Is, yeah. is play music for the high school kids. And then it went. And it went. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. That's a good idea, actually. I'm going to get back into that. Thanks, boat. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Dave six three zero nine asks, which one of y'all is the better gamer? <laughs> Well, I'd say we both have our uh, we both have our specialities. For example, Boat is much better at games like like role playing games. Like I could, I mean, 
Japanese you don't RPG. really get good at role playing games. You just have no, to I mean, endure them. Well, man, that may be why I'm not good at them. Boats also. I mean, listen, he's a platformer extraordinaire. I mean, because you watch him play Adam's Family, he's very good. My my bag is more like fighting games or or platformers. So, you know, I've got my own different platforms of what boat plays. Uh, but I think we both. I think I'd say we were pretty close. I mean, yeah, overall, I think we're, I think we're pretty evenly matched overall. Both got we more each, patience than me, that's for sure. We each have games that we most of the time. If you're, you know, you're good at the games that you like. Like you're, you're good at Donkey Kong because you put a lot of time into Donkey Kong. I'm good yeah. at Adam's Family for the same reason. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say that either of us have the innate video gaming ability like somebody like Jamie has. You know, or Brent. Like Brent. Yeah. Brent. Brent. I yeah. hate to say it. I hate to give the devil his due, but he's very. Both good. of those guys have innate gaming uh, abilities. He even typed in the chat. I shouldn't have said anything. I forgot he was here. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. Pixels of Dawn asks, and this is the final question. How has your July helped you relax with a break from Amigo streams? Have you avoided insanity? Did Boat just go out and create 17 new projects to fill the gap? Well, Boat, you want to tackle that one first? Well, uh, you know, it's funny. The, the month has gone by really, really quick. Mostly because, you know, for one weekend I was gone. I went to Richmond to compete in the EIDO seminar. Uh, the, then the weekend, the, the first weekend in July was July 4th. So that weekend was gone. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been helping Eep with the restaurant every day. I've been keeping up with my needlework. Uh, I finished up a, a bunch of long novels that I've been waiting years to finish up. So the the time has gone by fast, but I've definitely noticed something missing uh, from from my life because when you do something every week for eight years and then all of a sudden it's gone, it doesn't feel right. And so I've enjoyed this month off, but I'm really itching to to get back into it. I, uh, you know, it's funny because we bookended this time off with i mean right up to the wire with stuff because yeah. we did between boat fest and wrestling and then wrestling comes back right away in august like i mean august 5th we'll be back at it and wrestling is not i mean we have fun doing it but i mean it takes some work and the post-production takes some time too so i mean it's work uh when we do it so i consider that extra bonus stuff uh, but in terms of the time off you know of course i've been doing ARG with Brent, and we, of course, our schedule's been a little wonky, too. We just filmed one earlier tonight. But, uh, you know, we've kept it going. But, yeah, it's weird, uh, Boat. But I have enjoyed... You don't want to disappoint anybody. And so, for how, what, nine years? How long? I mean, is it nine now, or it's still eight? I don't know how yeah, long we're, it's been. We're, 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 well, actually, today, I believe, is the eighth anniversary of our first episode. There you go. So, we're working on nine years here, going forward. Um, we've done this week in, week out without fail almost for the entire time. I mean, maybe a here or there if we miss one. Uh, but um, it's there's, there is some pressure involved. And it absolutely, um, I'm not going to say it takes over your life, but you build your life with that in there. And, it, and uh, uh, you have to work around it. I mean, you have to. You've got to. You've got stuff that has to be done every week. All right, that's part of it. And so it's odd. It's. A, I will say I've enjoyed having the extra time off. Like I can come in and like I came in last night and sat down and watched s some shows. Like, and I never ever ever get to do that. I mean, I'm always working like almost every night trying to get stuff done. Between that and plus my other life stuff. Uh, it's a, it's a perpetually, it's been so quick because we never stop, you know, and so I have enjoyed having the extra time to do stuff I never get to do. I've watched more TV shows and movies and get, went out more, we, you know, went on trips, uh, this month and it's been enjoyable. With all that said, um, it's also, uh, like Boat said, you kind of feel like that there's something missing because you don't do this. You don't do this for eight years if you don't like it or love it or, or you know, can't help yourself because you love it so much. And so you're literally removing a part of your life that you love. And so uh, um, 
I'm anxious. I like tonight. I was so happy we got to do Ask the Amigos because bro, I haven't got to see a whole lot of boat. Uh, and since since uh, yeah, it's, it's weird, this yeah, I was gonna say this is the longest it's been since we've seen each other in eight years. Yeah, uh, and and uh, um, that's no good, obviously, because we like to hang out. Yeah, man. And, and it's funny. The last time I saw you in person, we had a great time. We were at wrestling, had a good old time. We'll be at wrestling again next weekend. Uh, and uh, um, doing amigos, you know, we're gonna be back in action here in a couple weeks, and uh, it, it, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm actually, I'm very optimistic going forward. Um, uh, I like, I like the direction. It's funny, while we've been gone without, you know, it's, our channel has been blowing up. Like, it's, we've had the most success we've ever had. Like, I think across the board, wouldn't you say, Boat? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we just, I mean, I don't know what happened in July. Yeah. But, I mean, everything has just gone to the moon, relatively yeah. speaking. And so, so it's, it, that is... That's very uh, encouraging, and you know, it, because it, no one wants to not have anyone pay attention to what they're doing if they're doing something. And let's get, let's be honest, we've, I'm not gonna say we've become addicted to like having people that care about what we say, but it's, it's just fun to have a bunch of people to chat with and that watch your stuff. So you know, I'm looking forward to getting back in it, and uh, really even cranking it up a little bit, and uh, you know, working, you know, perfecting our game, and trying to maybe ch- change some stuff around and. Having a good go of it for the rest of the year and going forward, boat. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm really looking forward. Like I said, it it uh, it definitely. Like I said, watching those numbers every day on YouTube just keep getting higher and higher. It definitely makes you more pumped up to come back than if if the opposite were true. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's great. All right, well, that's going to do it for this month's Ask the Amigos. As always, if you're a member of our Discord community, you can pop a question in the Ask the Amigos uh, channel, and we will answer it on the next go-round. Guys, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time, and until then, adios. adios.